is? I'll give you the legal definition, which focuses on intentional and unlawful sexual penetration. So sexual penetration includes not only penetration of, of the vagina by the penis, but can also include the insertion or use of any other foreign objects into the vagina. It also recognizes anal penetration. So again, insertion of penis, finger, or any other object into into the anus. And finally, it also recognizes oral penetration. So forcing someone to put their mouth into somebody else's genitalia, for instance. So it looks at sexual penetration. It's intentional and unlawful, and it's against, and it's against someone's consent. What the law does, which is very interesting, is that it recognizes that there's such a thing called coercive circumstances. So it recognizes that sometimes people submit. They're not consenting, they're submitting because their choices are so bad that they're forced into submitting to the rep. That doesn't mean they consented to it or they agreed to it. So here they're included within the, the recognition of coercive circumstances or situations where one person abuses their authority. So it allows recognition of where teachers or employers ask for sex in exchange for a job or for better marks or for some other benefit or advantage in the in the workplace. Or it looks at a, um, an adult abusing a um, an adult abusing their authority over a child. It also recognizes the fact that if you are drunk or if you are high, you also cannot give consent either. So it does try to acknowledge that there are situations in which we submit to things that we wouldn't choose if we had true choice open to us. So this is the key things that the law looks at is what was the extent of coercion going on under the circumstances and what was the nature of the, of the act performed? Was there an intention to perform the act and is it against the law? So if you were drunk and if you were high... You cannot consent. No. I mean, obviously, if you're slightly drunk, but there's a point at which, you know, if you're falling over and you're slurring and you're staggering or you've passed out, under no circumstances can you possibly be in a position to, to give consent. So the law does recognize that. And the same, of course, if you're very high. Vanazelwe shows we, you know, when we talk about rape and, and, and the sad reality is, uh, as evidenced through the email that I've just read, um, it becomes this nasty little secret. And it shouldn't be because, you know, if someone has been violated, they should be open and they should know where they can actually go for recourse. So where do you think we've gone wrong as a society in dealing with rape? I think as a society, we, we, we have not um, educated the public to know that uh, it's important for them to report rape. And all feathers of rape, as Lisa has actually outlined them. And also, most people who have been um, raped and reported the cases as well have actually suffered triple discrimination when they go to court, they have to recite the story, go there, the case is postponed, and so on. And again, the perpetrators of rape as well, sometimes because of lack of knowledge and also not being, the case is not being investigated thoroughly, and um, they are actually acquitted of these cases. And therefore, um, the survivors feel that if I go and report, I will also be murdered or killed because the perpetrator is going to follow me. And also, again, I think there's an issue about uh, issues of sex being secret and people not being aware that they could openly speak about them. That even happens even at home, where we cannot, as fathers and mothers and parents, speak to our kids about issues of sex and sex education. And therefore, even if you are raped, you don't feel that you have to actually express yourself and talk to people about this and report this because 
is seen as something that is secret. And I think we must open up and be able to talk about these issues in society so that our gay children, our young boys, they could be actually be empowered to report such cases. And I think we need to open up even the criminal justice system as well should assist us as South Africans to be able to open up and talk about these, these issues. I think public education, more especially in the rural areas where culture is still very, very deep, and it's important for us to be able to, to speak about these things openly. And the education system needs to be very, very critical in terms of actually assisting us to talk about this, the NB churches as well. Mm, but it's a difficult one because um, as the person in the email states, she's spoken to the family about it. She's told everybody about it. And uh, the prevalence of this type of behavior is also disturbing whereby families um, almost sweep it under the carpet and, and, and hope you know, that it will just miraculously go away. Yes, and I think that has a lot to do with our attitudes towards sexuality. I mean, in the relation to children, there is a belief here that children shouldn't have that sort of sexual knowledge. And when children are sexually abused or assaulted, adults now have this fear, well, this child knows about this. What might the child go and do? Might the child go out and have even more sex? So I think adults, there's a concern that they have knowledge that they shouldn't have, and they're concerned what children will then go and do with that knowledge. So that, that, that's the one tendency to want to keep things quiet. I think the other concern that people have, um, but for young for young women and for women as well, is the stigma mm. that's attached to it. I mean, especially once you start moving into rural areas, and I saw this from some research that we were doing, there's a concern that if people know this has happened to you, you're not going to be able to find a boyfriend or a partner. People are going to blame you and think that there's something wrong with you, or worse, that you're now damaged in some way. So that's another reason why I think women keep quiet, because they're concerned as to how others are going to see them. And I think as long as rape remains so stigmatized, it remains very difficult to be able to speak about it, because people look at you differently. They start treating you differently. I mean, some people, you know, there's a perception that this causes such terrible psychological damage that the person is now a totally damaged human being and people don't look at them as anything other than a rape victim they don't see that there are many other things in addition to somebody who has been raped plus you know i think especially when it's something that happens in the family there are all sorts of very difficult loyalties and competing loyalties that you have to try and negotiate and and manage you know if if the person in the family is the breadwinner you know, there may be enormous pressure that you don't continue with the charge because what would it mean if that person goes to mm. prison? What if you have very complicated feelings for the, other, for, for, the, for the family member? You both love them, but they've also done this terrible thing to you. And I think the other difficulty you can sometimes find with, with, with children again is that if they're living in abusive and neglectful circumstances, often they get targeted by abusers because... That abusive conduct, although it is abusive, also goes with a lot of nice attention. It might go with presence. And I think this is what makes it so hard for children. That on the one hand, they know this is, this is wrong, what's being done to them is wrong. But sometimes it's the only source of attention and affection that they're getting in their lives because everyone else treats them so badly. So I think it's these very complex webs that victims find themselves in that make it so hard for them to take action, to be able to report, and for people to take them seriously. So, you know, if we're ever taking... If we're ever telling victims, break the silence, speak out, and yet we don't look at the difficulties in which speak and the difficulties will result from speaking out mm. and the fact that people don't listen. So I always think our campaign should be more about how do we listen rather than necessarily telling victims to speak out. Because why should they speak out if they're not going to be heard and they're going to be treated abusively again? We're talking.
And they're off. How do you stay ahead in the business race? It's competitive, fast, and the stakes are high. You can't afford to gamble on a long shot. When it comes to accountants, you need a thoroughbred business leader in your stable, not an also-ran. A CASA delivers thoroughbred improvement to any size business. Based on a 100-year pedigree of accounting, order taxation, business planning, and mergers and acquisitions, CASA have the business skills and experience to keep your business ahead of the field. Find one at findacasa.co.za. CASA, leaders in business. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. We're talking rape on the Forum at 8 this morning. Yes, it is uncomfortable, but uh, looking at some of the messages coming through, yeah. We absolutely need to have this conversation. And Donna, before the news break, was sharing her experiences with us. And I just want to take the other calls uh, uh, that have been waiting since uh, before the news break. And then we'll come back to the uh, the panel. Uh, thank you so much for your patience, Anonymous in Pretoria. Hi, Fakina. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is, this is a critical topic. And uh, I think our reaction last week to the judge, while the may have been justified uh, as a black man, I felt, you you know, I'm not part of what she's talking about. I've never been. So I felt a bit angry. But she raises an important issue. I personally know of three women uh, in my life who were raped. And uh, it makes you angry. When I discovered, for instance, as a man, particularly if uh, one of the ladies was raped, is a lady that I'm very, very fond of. You feel, you know, if I could just go and kill this guy. That's your reaction. But obviously, that's not that's not what you should be doing and, and, and thinking and wanting. But it makes me so angry to see this kind of thing being done to to women, um, any woman, and it's something that we really need to change. And 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 I think we need to encourage. I I think in my life I've been fortunate that people find me open and they come and talk to me about some of this very intimate. And it it of course drags you down. The prevalence of this thing is high. And it is why it's important to address it. And I think as families, as adults, we must be open to our children. We must talk to our, prob- our children about this particular problem and let them know that they can come to us at any time before it even happens, when they suspect. Because it doesn't just, well, sometimes it happens just like that. But sometimes you can see the signs that there are naughty people in the family. And you need to deal with those people. So I, I'm very, I'm very glad that we've brought this to light because it's a matter that we need to, we really need to to take up on board and deal with it. And mm. and and what can change us men who rape? I mean, a man who rapes is a stupid man. That's one mm. thing. He doesn't even understand the biology of a woman. Mm. So it's just crazy to do that. So it must come to an end. I wish we can, we you know, we can have a movement to to try and kill this thing. Because it's killing our people, it's killing our society. Mm. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much. Anonymous, naughty men <laughs> in uh, the family. Let's hear from Mangali in Mahikeng. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Yeah, uh, rape is right. However, <clears throat> it is not only Africans who rape. You see? Hello, man. We are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all of us, Africans, Europeans, we do rape. You can never count that this rape more than this, you see. Because now recently, 
uh, at Kempton uh, uh, in North in Northern Cape, John Kempton, school children at an agricultural school raped a, a young boy with mm. a broom, something like that. Even now. So, uh, the wrong thing is that uh, the judge doesn't mention this because to the judge, if it is a white person who rapes, uh, that white person was playing, he wasn't actually raping. So rape is rape. Whether you are African or European, it is rape. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much uh, there. Um, uh, and we're moving on to Fran in Parktown. Good morning. Yes, hi. Um, I just want to read you a short paragraph of what Judge Bam said at the uh, 2011 Access to Justice Conference about the sexual offences courts, which were absolutely outstanding. He said the disappearance of these courts from 2003, when there were 22, which rose to 67 in 2006. By 2011, there were just six left. Six. The judge also told the conference in 2001, the conviction rate was 7.66%. 53.1% of cases were withdrawn by prosecutors and 39.62% finalised. The blueprint courts, which were developed by the National Prosecuting Authority and the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development, meant that these only did sexual offences matters. The courts had all sorts of support. However, by 2011, there was a decrease in the conviction rates in these courts and a decrease in finalisation of at least 20%. The cycle time was at least eight months in all provinces, and the referral to prosecution declined at least 40%. Now, unfortunately, um, we've been told these courts were due to be reintroduced. Mm. But the uh, statistics that I have found, and I have now reported this to the UN um, Violence Against Women Special Reporter, because she's due to put a report out next month, that there were just 14 of these courts. And unfortunately, we are now actually less than where we started from. It's a very sad state of affairs, and unfortunately, it shows a very poor lack of commitment by the authorities. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Fran, in Parktown. Rafik in Durban. Hi, good day. Hi, Rafiq. Hi. Uh, my main concern, okay, this is worrying, and that, that cannot be overemphasized. This is a bad trend of rape in the country. But my main worry is when somebody, uh, without any empirical evidence, uh, attributes a rape to a particular uh, race group. The judge appears to have um, presided over a number of cases where rape was, was, was the offense. But that, that, that doesn't give her a, a right.
right to conclude that uh, the Africans are guilty, are the most guilty of this kind of mm. crime. Yeah, and, 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 and I think, yeah, Rafik, we get that. And that's not our focus this morning. We are focusing on Yeah, but on I'm coming rape. to your focus, yeah. yeah. Uh, when it comes to this focus, then my, my worry again is when you start saying it's a rape culture, I, I don't know. I just want to, to get to know how did you come up with this phrase called rape culture? Has it become culture now, of rape? Can you say it's murder culture or theft culture? Why is it called rape culture? What is culture? Because uh, uh, if you understand what a culture is, then you would understand why you could actually term it rape culture. But we'll answer that question. Thanks so much, Rafik. Um, Lisa, maybe let's start with you. I do think there are some limitations in the term rape culture. Mm. Firstly, I think if you use the word rape, you lose a whole lot of other sexually abusive experiences um, and you don't look at them. And I mean, Donna gave it, Donna was talking about some of the consequences of those sexual abuse, which was not rape. So I think rape, just talk, focusing on rape can limit us from the broader range of sexual coercion and sexual violence in which rape is embedded mm. and can also give the unintended message that if you weren't raped, it isn't something you should necessarily talk about. There's also, I think, there there are difficulties in saying that there is a culture that is specific to rape. What we should rather look at is what is the broader, what are the what is the broader cultural support out of which something like rape emerges? And they will not specifically support rape only. They will be supporting a whole range of things. So, for example, I think one of the areas we really need to look at something that does support or encourage the the likelihood of rape happening is our models of heterosexuality. So we live in a society, and I think this is the norm cross-culturally, where we, A, have this idea that men have this overwhelming sex drive, that once you arouse a man, he certainly cannot stop or he has to have sex, otherwise something terrible is going to happen to him. We also have a model that suggests that man is the hunter and he goes out and looks after and, and chases the woman who sits back and waits for the man to approach her. And even when we start using language of consent, that idea that the man is the one who initiates and the woman is the, woman is the one who consents reintroduces that idea that men are sexually active and women are the passive ones in sex. So I think we need, and you know, linked to that is also the, this idea that if women are very sexually active or look as if they're enjoying sex, we're going to label them as sluts, whores, hoes, whatever the word may be. Whereas, you know, the language you use for men who are sexually active is that they're virile, they're studs, mm. you know, we admire them. So I think what that does is it, is it creates a situation where sexually aggressive behavior is very likely especially when you add to that a context which says to women, if you don't want to be seen to be a slut, you must look like you're playing hard to get. You mustn't give in too easily. You must say no when you actually mean yes. And when we put out those incredibly confusing and unhelpful messages around sexual heterosexual activity between men and women, we create mm-hmm. a template that makes it likely for rape to happen. One of the most powerful things about rape culture, mm. as it were, is that both men and women 